Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> look at you. You look great. Just kidding. I can't see you. It's a podcast. Hey, yo. Whoa. Where'd you get those ears? Uh, ear, ear store called and you got to uh, make a return. You hear me? Oh, 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 here we go. Hey, what do you call two brothers and a sister-in-law slash wife? This podcast. Hey, yo. Whoa. Here we go. Is that a microphone that you have? Or are you you just happy to record with me? Whoa! Hey yo! Hey yo! Thanks for coming out tonight. You're a beautiful audience. Music. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we're going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Uh, thanks again for inviting me. Um, I'm just going to throw out there, after last week, I still don't trust you, Ryan. I think something has gone terribly wrong, and I don't know what you're going to say, but, you know, I just listeners, when he gets into his uh, Ryan's research, ignore it. It's not true. Because Ryan's talking, he's gone crazy. He he believes that... Do you know what we're talking about tonight? Are we talking about the witchery? I thought we were talking about the witchery tonight. <laughs> nope. That was last week. I, wait, we are talking about Linda Blair, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. We're not talking so about the Casa series ranking, which was last month. We are talking about another movie with Linda Blair. And Eric is here. Hey, guys. I'm here. That's right. And it is no longer Vidtober. We are out of Vidtober. And now we are headlong into Nightvember. That is the month <laughs> Mark has come up with where we talk about movies with the word night in them. Mm-hmm. 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 It's already paying off. It is paying off. <laughs> and that means we're talking about 1984's Night Patrol. They were trained at the police academy. They were toughened on the streets of L.A. And now they're ready for Night Patrol. All right, you guys, prepare for inspection. All right, officers. I want to clean up the city. Officers 7 and 9, take the Hollywood area. Yes, yes. Oh, this is the toughest part of town. Officers 2 and 6. Yes, yes sir. Kind of town. Yes, sir. We got you completely surrounded. And officers 4 and 1. All right, you guys take the part. That means we get to wear our dress. There's romance. Danger. Don't ever call me dumb. Heroism. And there's plenty of sexy girls. Who are you not to get excited? It's educational. Hey, your flies down. Oh, yeah. The long arm of the law has never reached this low. Night Patrol. <laughs> Civil servants doing what they do best. Don't you make a move? Stand up comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Bert. 
with farts. So many, so many farts. That's right. 1984's Night Patrol brought to you by Irreverence. Do you like movies that make sense? Don't. Isn't it better to watch movies filled with random moments that feel disconnected from one another? Mm -hmm. Of course it is. That's the beauty of irreverence. So make sure to use some today. The best part? It's free, even if it may cost you. (laughs) Ah, yes. Yes, this movie, the first 10 minutes, it's (laughs) it's like they said... We've researched all the different ways that people find things funny, all the different types of comedy, and we are going to get rid of them and create all new types of comedy, and we're going to go at it hard from minute one. Not to say that that's a good choice, but they're, it's like everything and the kitchen sink and another sink and another sink and another sink are thrown into this movie. Yeah. From minute one. Minute one. Mm-hmm. And so much yeah. so that listening to that trailer, it felt like, is that the movie we watched? Like, it, some things sound familiar, but it's like there's so much. There's also so much thrown at you. We'll get back to that 10 minutes in a second. This movie was directed by Jackie Kong, her second feature. Kong is the daughter of actress Anita Liu, who was active in the 1960s, appearing in 1962's Experiment and Terror. Kong began making 8mm films while attending Beverly Hills High and enrolled at Cal State Northridge just to get free editing room. (laughs) She was going to make her own movies. She made her first film at the age of 23, The Being, which she funded with money from her then-husband, Bill Osco, who had produced uh, X-rated films, including uh, a couple that had crossed over like Flesh Gordon and the X-rated version of Alice in Wonderland. And he actually starred in The Being (laughs) and produced and co-wrote this movie as well and put up the money for this. The Being sat on shelves until about 1983 and often, or at least I think on um, Wikipedia, it says that New World Pictures had a hand. I can't see any proof of that. I I can't confirm that. I, I don't see that. New World had any part in that movie, but they anyway. Once apparently that movie did come out, if indeed New World had any hand in it, Kong was already on to her next movie, then titled The Unknown Comic, which makes a lot of sense. Um, Kong said that she wanted to, to make a comedy to keep from being typecast. Typecast, um, she told the Fort Worth Star Telegram in November of 1984. Women who have gotten into directing in the early stages are out now because they made women's films. She said, "I'm saying I can direct a film males can laugh at." Well, I mean, part of that is true. Yeah, I mean, I'm. She's certainly. She wasn't typecast. She wasn't. Ty- she was not typecast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And she she did not make a career. Are my jokes out of- coming through? Is, any, is this on? <laughs> is anything happening here? <laughs> I just. <laughs> Tough crowd tonight. Tough crowd. <laughs> wow. Wow. Should I start over? <laughs> it's not your okay. fault. The opening act and- is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the intro, the the best part of the show so far. <laughs> Can we do that again? <laughs> uh, like she would, Kong would go on to direct uh, 1987's Blood Diner, 
which is probably her most uh, well-known movie besides this. And her final feature, The Underachievers, which was also released that same year, she moved on from this and got a three-picture deal with Vestron. Unfortunately, Vestron also went down the, the tubes in the late 80s, so she was only able to make two movies. This is also co-written by Kong and also William Levy, who wrote and directed 1989's Hellgate, which was released by New World Pictures. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hellgate, Bill Osco, which we mentioned earlier, and Murray Langston, who also stars in the movie as Melvin and was, in fact, the unknown comic. Langston started out as a regular on the Sony Sonny and Cher show. But when that ended, he purchased a comedy club in North Hollywood called Show Dash Biz. And he found and it. And after two years, he was basically out of money. <laughs> So he show dash biz dot net. <laughs> right. Show dash biz was dot com was taken. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. The early days of the internet. <laughs> um, so so needing money, he decides to go on the gong show, but because he knew that going on the gong show you get paid like two hundred fifty dollars for your appearance. He didn't want anyone to know it was him, however. So he decided to put a paper bag on his head so that none of his friends would know that he was going on the gong show. As it turned out, he was a big success and he goes on to over 150 appearances as the unknown comic. He then also stars in a couple of movies. He was in William Levy's Skate Town USA, which is how he meets William Levy <laughs> to write the script for this. And he was briefly in Kong's The Being. And it was during that shoot that um, they, I guess they meet and, uh, well, I'll explain more at research time. But um, they then write this all together and uh, this is how they describe the movie in the Tennessean. This is what Langston says. He says, in August of 1984 he say i'd say the movie is a combination of an airplane type movie and a cheech and chong movie he said okay accurate okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah 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 i would agree with that it's definitely i think probably on the script more than the final result probably more of a a hang movie you know more of like you know goofy stuff happening to these guys as they kind of hang out oh you know <laughs> I did not know what you meant by a hang movie. I was like, <laughs> is this like a cinematic term? I don't know. That's like when people are like, it's a giallo. No, it's a hang movie. And you're like, wait. Yeah. I don't know. It's and by a, people, I just mean you and Mark. Hang. Because so, you guys are really, I don't talk to a lot of people about, about movies, movies or us. giallos. You save it up for us. Yeah, I save it. Um, this star is Linda Blair. Uh, I noticed. Star of Witchery. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. She only did this in Witchery, and that was it. I <laughs> that was thought it. that she would have... I Seems mean, like she should have had a bigger career. <laughs> she should have. She had actually <laughs> recently appeared in director Tom DeSimone's Hell Knight, 1983's Chained Heat, and earlier in 1984, Savage Streets, which Tom DeSimone almost directed, but decided to leave instead of finishing murray langston apparently knew blair and so he had called her up to see if she was interested expecting she probably would say no and wouldn't be interested but she jumped at the chance uh, to do a comedy likely because of the movies i just mentioned she was probably like i'd like to do something totally different than a women in prison movie and an exploitation film and more horror though yeah. i will say uh, unlike the witchery at least in Hell Knight, they don't make her be possessed by a, a devil or a demon. Right, right, right. So she got to at least take a break from that. Uh, she was also in Ruckus earlier in the 80s for New World Pictures and appeared in an episode of the Renegade TV series, which was produced by New World Entertainment. Just 
Look at her just following her steps right through the New World franchises. That's all right. The, all the New That's World right. hits. All the New World hits. I also, after on. all these years, shouldn't be surprised, but sometimes I just hear how deep the New World water runs, and I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Damn right. it. I thought right. I was getting to I thought like, we were getting closer to shore, and as it no. turns out, shore is just so far away. Yeah, it was just a mirage. <laughs> we're actually just... We're just at sea. I don't have a, I don't even have we're a good adrift. analogy. It's we're just, adrift. It's destroying yeah, can, me. Can't we're even adrift. spot land at this point. I, I don't yeah, know where no. we are. Don't know which direction to swim. Uh, Folks, please just buy a t-shirt. We really, we're going to need to buy, we need to buy some supplies to get us through with the rest of this podcast. Here's where you can watch Night Patrol and where you can watch it is Tubi. Tubi, Tubi. That's where you can watch it. It is available there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't that doesn't get old <laughs> does it they should really no. pick that up now and that's now what i think they should well they will and then i'll be pissed right some marketing executive right. will be like i'm rich <laughs> i came up with this <laughs> perfect thing and i'll be like kids i invented the tubi tubi and they'll be like sure you did grandma <laughs> go back inside put on her shirt <laughs> Uh, (laughs) she thinks that's going to happen much much later (laughs) instead of like soon and the same scenario will play out instead of this afternoon yeah i'll be outside showing off my booby boobies (laughs) (laughs) she's congratulating herself and so you should let's talk about what this movie is about Mark, what is Night Patrol about? This is a prequel to Bagface, the movie that we made in college. It's really an origin story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of Deep how Bagface wow. went from being a stand-up comic to being a serial killer. So, wow. Um, I mean, I didn't have the same funding, so my movie didn't get off the ground quite to the same degree. But I feel yeah. like quality-wise, it might be on par. <laughs> It's such a deep cut that the like maybe fifteen people will get that. I think you're being on really generous on planet Earth. (laughs) (laughs) On planet Earth, I mean, they all have to tune into this episode to be like, "Hey, specifically, Mm -hmm. yeah." Um, But I did description for this episode will be all bag face. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna have to release it, Mark. You're gonna have to get it out Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. That's right. Put it on the YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Erica. Subscribe to our channel, like and subscribe, and you could be an early smash viewer that of, subscribe button. <laughs> smash it and get an early viewing of Bag Face. <laughs> get a secret link. Yeah. <laughs> Password only, and you get to see Bag Face, a movie made for no money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. With That's no so soundtrack true. and nope. editing on the video camera. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's an audience for that stuff. I'm sure learning. Is. Yeah, I'm there learning. sure is. Shot being, on video. I'm being forced SOV. to learn. SOV films. All right, Erica, what is Night Patrol about? If you really watch closely, on the surface, Night Patrol seems like it's just a silly comedy. But really, it's how hard it is to pursue your passions when you have a full-time job. Yeah. It yeah, really is. it's hard. Yeah, yeah. you have to be it's secretive. About, you have to be secretive about it. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to pursue your passions. That's true. And yeah. pay the bills. Tough yeah. Stuff. yeah, tough stuff. Yeah, it's a great point. For me, this movie is about no one picks up their dog shit in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, nobody. Yeah. That's also true. Nobody mm-hmm. does. Nobody. That's correct. It, mm-hmm. it has been going on for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. an epidemic. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I want to laugh, but I'm like, but it's too it's accurate. Really true. It's yeah. really really accurate. Yeah. When you live here it for is. a while, you're like, man. Mm-hmm. No and one people does also it. love to just let their dogs poop on the sidewalk, and they're mm-hmm. like, uh-oh. And you're like, no, uh-oh, where's the bag? That's at, le- at the very least. <laughs> yeah, say at least you ran pick out it up off the, off the sidewalk. Yeah, an unexpected second poo-poo happened from your dog. So at least, like, kick it over towards some grass kick or towards it. the parkway. With your- <laughs> I mean, you could also pick it up in between your teeth yeah. just lightly so it doesn't go on your lips. <laughs> just delicately get use, it with just teeth. Use your teeth to roll it <laughs> yeah. to over to the yeah. street. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. You don't want no, 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 to get on your lips. You don't want to clinch. No, you, you got to make touch. your teeth tight. Teeth. Open your mouth. Yeah. Get yeah. your teeth tight. Just roll it. <laughs> well, I was thinking you delicately lift the turd with the teeth. <laughs> Right, and you carry it to an a, a more desirable area, right. and then you and you drop just get a, maybe a minimal amount of fecal matter in your mouth. Yeah, just but you a don't, as long as you don't get on your lips, it's good. You you're, you're... <laughs> <laughs> maybe you just answered why nobody picks it up. <laughs> maybe they just, or maybe all those people try to pick it up with their teeth. They just <laughs> <laughs> right. They accidentally ingest. They ingest it, and then they swallow a big turd, and they're like, "Well, this is not great." If you thought, listeners, I just did a cleanse this morning. <laughs> if you thought that the comedy of this episode would supersede that the we comedy t- of this movie, like we would, that, we'd be better. Yeah, that I would be better. That I yeah. would take the high road. That <laughs> right. you haven't been listening nope. consistently because nope. I will take the gutter. Yep, <laughs> not even the low road. I'm just walking through the gutter, just sloshing through it. This is definitely a movie where you watch the some of the movie and you're like, some of these jokes. And then you go, wait a minute. What have we been doing for the past four years? Oh, I am not able to judge this film. That's what I'm learning. Here's uh, the letterbox synopsis. Oh, no. Uh, oh, boy. It's a, it's a long one, so strap it's in. long? The streets of Los Angeles are crawling with weirdos, hookers, peeping toms, and perverts. And this time, they're wearing badges... Letterbox, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Listen to someone. I know. I know. Wow. Did AI write that? <laughs> I don't is know. Is it learning? I, it movie? is learning. Murray Langston, Linda Blair, Pat Paulson, Billy Barty, J.P. Morgan, Andrew Dice Clay, Pat Morita, Kitten Navidad, and the unknown comic lead a shameless all-star cast. And this cult classic in the, in the tradition of Airplane and Police Academy, which came out earlier that year, so they were not in the same tradition. Filled with kooky cops, gassy midgets, tough lesbians, sick humor, gross gags, gratuitous nudity, and more. It didn't really feel gratuitous. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say gratuitous nudity. Pro- There's probably the only nudity. gratuitous nudity was Linda Blair's yeah. at the very tail end of the movie. Yeah. It's yes. there for like two seconds. Tail You're end? Like, you mean the end? The, the actual, the yeah, right. The absolute yeah. end of yeah. the movie. We were like, did she have to get naked? I, mean, I would consider the credits rolling the actual end. 
I just no, want to make sure I understand your definition. The end you're of like the credits, the end. Right. You're like exactly. Did you see the Did you see the end of the movie? You mean did I see the end of the credits? Right. Did yeah. you see? The, but did you see the copyright notice? Because yeah. that's when I know it's a like, movie's done. Copyright notice. No animals were harmed in this film, and done. Very good. Okay. All right. Now sure no it all makes sense. That's my ending. I just want to make sure the ASCPA is is you know. Mm-hmm. Um, is this is is thorough as they claim to be right right can i enjoy this were any animals harmed or because i saw a lot of slapping of spiders oh man oh let's you, talk about do you remember scenes. those spiders do you remember those spiders uh, you could you yeah. wash it with soap and they would get sticky again yeah. you could throw them, throw them back up on the mark window. no he does not like this. ryan creepy wall crawlers that's what they were called <laughs> oh, come on dude <laughs> he remembers with a vengeance <laughs> How dare you forget that name? Wow. <laughs> I love that you got so mad. How dare you? I didn't you not even have to look that shit up. I immediately that dumb that, thing. When he slapped it on the window, I was like, "Oh wow, creepy wall crawlers!" I forgot about those. It was like the way yeah. that it fell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yep. it kind of stuck it in there. It had a very particular fall. Yeah. Did did yeah. we have them when we were kids? Yes. Yes, we did. Did we wash them to make them sticky again? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because they would get amazing. filthy fast. They would get yeah. filthy very quickly. Yeah, and then they didn't stick how, as well. Yeah. How, they be, how you could wash them and make them sticky again was, it, it was pure magic. It was, mm-hmm. it was... It was witchcraft when it I was. It felt a kid. like science is finally figuring things out, and the uni- yeah. and we're everything's going to get better from here on out because we have right. this sort of technology. And yet, that where is that technology that is, today? Where is it? I know. I mean, that and erasable pens were the two most magical things in my incredible childhood. stuff. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Can you even get erasable pens anymore? I don't. I know, don't think but- so. I don't think so. If you can, that you better would... smash that like button and subscribe <laughs> and let us know where you can get erasable pens. And we'll give you the password for bad face. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the exchange. You get bad face, I get an erasable pen. <laughs> Tell us where to get erasable pens and you get to see a movie we made when we were kids. <laughs> Mm. Oh boy! Back to those nine minutes Mark was talking about. My favorite scene was that diner scene. <laughs> that diner scene is excellent. I just realized there's no reason I need to go and order because of this no, movie. No, because this we're movie we can about. do whatever we, we want. We can do anything. You know what I hated about this movie? Most of it, but there is some <laughs> things to love. Anyway, back to your favorite scene. <laughs> this is great. This is yeah. absolutely how we should well, proceed. Well, it, do- it does not need to have this right order. So yeah. Um, my favorite scene was the diner hey, I'm scene. I'm gonna do Ryan's research tonight. Just kidding, I'm not. I didn't do any research. <laughs> All you're gonna do, I may do the research now, and then we'll just get into the movie. But let's play that diner scene because I love it. Whoa! Oh. What's your thumb doing on my steak? Oh, you didn't want to drop it again? <laughs> oh, wait, sure it is. I can't. It's a dirty knife. I let's can't see. Eat. Oh, and he Spits rubs it, it under his armpit. Yep. 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 Oh. What about my soup? Oh yeah, soup. Shit. <laughs> wow, can you believe this place? Yeah, I believe it. They're there in my pocket is a roach. Hey, bus boy. Yeah. Look here. There's a roach in my pocket. Oh, that's where it's <laughs> That made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this whole scene made me laugh out loud. Uh-huh. I enjoy. I rewound it and watched it again. I got an infection in my thumb. My doctor told me to keep it warm. <laughs> Why don't you take a shove that thumb up your ass? I do that when I'm back in the kitchen. <laughs> 
and so then you great. get the you get the spit take with like the brown dog. What I assume is dog shit that he got on his lips coming down I'm from trying to just roll it off. Right. Yeah. Oh, right, he right, tastes right, the soup, right. and it's he, like he, kinda, he has like blood it, capsules yeah. in his mouth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, then he says so like, hard. "Oh, it's actually pretty good." Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He says, "Oh, it's pretty good." I was like, "Yes." And the pie is like garlic, <laughs> garlic pie. Yes, like they, said, uh, they have a sign on the table that says, and now garlic pie. Garlic pie. And the other officer's uh, like, oh, yeah, I have a slice of that garlic pie. <laughs> that's so oh, funny. So, so funny. There are moments in this movie that are actually really funny. And mm-hmm. then there's a bunch of other crazy stuff that you're like, what is this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of that. There, like when the cop in the first nine minutes is chasing down, not on a CHP motorcycle, but really a moped. Mm-hmm. Like a little, get, yeah. Which I thought, okay. At first I thought, is that just a bad budget? But I think they were trying to make a joke that these cops yeah. ride on mopeds. Yeah. Um, mm. But again, this movie starts off, It's it's it has a cold open. It's just, hey, we're going to get you right into this. We're going to introduce about 3,000 characters that you're going to have a hard mm-hmm. time keeping track of. Right. And yep. we're just going to we're just going to give it all to you. A lot of fart noises. Yeah. A lot of a lot of a lot of sexual innuendo or not mm-hmm. even innuendo, just straight up sexual jokes. Yeah. Um, you're you have to just be ready that this movie is not going to waste any time. I have to say it is one of those movies that you kind of need to watch twice to get all the jokes. There are yeah. so many jokes being thrown there at is. you. Yeah. That there's no way to keep track of them. Yeah, people should listen to this episode twice because we're just coming at you. <laughs> jokes, 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 jokes. Ryan, what are things you hated? <laughs> well, <Are you> okay. <laughs> yep. I felt like this movie was having a fight with itself. Yes. <laughs> like it wants to yeah. be one thing, but also something else. And I think this actually comes from the fact that Murray Langston had wrote the script and the script was going to be one thing. And then the director, they didn't get along. He didn't get along with the director. Oh. This is some research. So he didn't get along with her. And so he was not allowed to be in the editing room. And They kind of locked him out, which he was like, fine, great. I don't have to spend any more time with you people. That's fine by me. I have to assume that's where we get scenes where we just have characters that are dubbed over for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. so there's like tons of silly bits and tons mm-hmm. of like goofiness. I'd have to say that probably that opening nine minutes is probably stuff that he wrote. Whether or not it's in that order, I don't know. But the opening nine minutes of bits, which goes tells you everything you need to know about this movie. It tells you what this movie is. As we see, Murray Langston is Melvin. Going about his day as a police officer, he stops uh, a guy wearing a straight jacket Mm -hmm. who speaks French, which Mm -hmm. is dubbed over. Yep, that's probably not Murray Langston. But then he um, he's walking down Santa Monica, and he steps over a passed out guy on the sidewalk. He steps in dog shit. He gives CPR to a homeless guy who then gets really turned on by it. He gets beaten up by a little girl who won't cross the street. Mm-hmm. He walks by some prostitutes that all know him by name. He fails to break up a cockfight, which puts an emphasis on the former half of that word. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> I think they say, keep it down and keep it dirty. That's right. One of the yeah, catchphrases. Right. <laughs> yep. And then it ends with a stroll by a line outside of a sperm bank, which ends with 
uh, a woman being in line and he says, I don't think you need to be here. And she gurgles at him. And <laughs> yeah. just, it was like, at it's like, point, it's like, this like, is the movie. Whoa. This is the movie. Like if yeah. you, yeah. this is what you've, you're signing up for, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And if you get to the end and go, geez, what the heck was that? I will say in its defense, if you get in the end and you're like, Oh, that movie wasn't any good. The The first nine minutes tells you exactly what's in store for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not for it's sure. Not, it's not hiding it. It didn't like no. involve you into the storyline and then throw all these crazy bits at you. It tells right. you right away. Right. But then one of the things that I loved was Linda Blair, because mm. I think she's doing a great job of being taking on a a more comedic role. I mean, obviously we just watched her in the witchery and I think she does a far better job in this movie. Mm -hmm. She's (laughs) then the witchery. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I say that for Linda, I'm filling in as Linda. I'm sure she's incensed that you think this is better than that. (laughs) Well, it just felt like she's kind of walking through that movie. This movie, it seems like she's trying to really, okay, I'm going to, I'm really going to put my best foot forward in this comedic role and she's charming and cute and funny and goes with all the jokes. Like, yeah, her delivery is really strong on all the jokes. She wears at one point like um, like a Bam Bam costume to a pool <laughs> yes, party. Yes, for, yes. For no, no reason. There's yes, no she looks re- like a cave woman. Yeah, it yeah. was not a costume party. Like she stepped out she of clan of the cave there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and i i told i enjoyed every scene that she was in i thought she's that great. she did a she's great, great job yeah yeah she's really good in this yeah i mean uh but yeah i would say uh the movie just feels like it's at odds it's often at odds with itself mark or erica what'd you what'd you what did you like about this movie i liked the bits in this movie i liked the puns i thought it was fun i that's what i liked about it <laughs> 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 See, I think you like the Murray Langston I, part because he was as the unknown comic. He did he did tons of puns. Yeah, that was like a lot yeah. of his. Humor. I like the unknown comic a, a lot. <laughs> I of course love the agent because we all know I love a good agent character. Yes, of course. But I I'm struggling with saying I like the puns and I like the bits a lot because there are bits in here that aren't funny and do not age well and i very much sure. wonder if it was even funny universally at the time yeah question mark? i don't think it was i don't think it was i think this is a movie <clears throat> so every movie every movie has to set a limit there's a limit that has to be established by either the director or the writer or the producer that like we're going to we're only going to go this far uh, mm-hmm. because that is what makes the movie really work if you sure. have if you Un- if you unleash everything, if you take off the shackles, you get something that goes way too far. And this movie goes way too far. Yeah. This movie yeah. is airplane had a lot of sexual innuendo, but they kept it subdued. Like they knew mm-hmm. the limit that they were going to go to and they weren't going to go past that. This movie is says we're going to do airplane, but we're going to take it to every possible extreme. Yeah. No boundaries mm-hmm. at all. No boundaries at all where yeah. you start to – it goes to places where you go – you have to say to yourself, maybe you should not have gone this to this to this mm-hmm. degree. Maybe you shouldn't yep. have gone yeah. here. I yeah. can see how if you hadn't gone to some of the extremes that you went to, 
this movie would have worked a lot better. Yeah. But it just it went it went too far in yeah. many yeah. cases. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. By the way, J.P. Morgan, who played the agent in the movie, reportedly she fell off a rocking horse in her house and broke her arm. And that's why she's in a cast in the movie. And they let her wear the cast because because she actually replaced another actress, Ruth Buzzy, who was originally cast as the agent. But she quit the movie after only a day because she could not stand working with the director. Oh, wow. That's just a little bit of research, guys, thrown in there. Mark, what was... Here's... Oh, wait. Here's a final question. <laughs> Did you... Do you think that guy ever found a, that's a, found a sushi restaurant? Oh. Oh, no. Um, 1980s. Mm. I don't know how... I mean, sushi was not as easy... Uh, people may not believe this, but even in <laughs> Los Angeles in the 1980s, sushi was not that easy to come by. Right. We had yeah. the sushi revolution hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So oh, I I'm thought you were gonna say, say the no. sushi revolution. <laughs> <laughs> See, those are the boundaries that I put on my on my commentary. You put a boundary on yourself and Erica put yeah. the boundary. I took it took it off. Mm-hmm. But but I did appreciate how the agent was always injured in some different way. In, yes. In even the same scenes, she would be bandaged one way, and then they yeah. cut away to something and cut back to her, and, and she's she'd have a bandage on the other side way. of her. Yeah, <laughs> on the other side of her head. Yeah. Well, my favorite scene was um, <laughs> it, when the, when the unknown comic was in the bar and he saw Edith, and there's like another guy hitting on Edith, and she's sitting at the table, and from across the room, he's like, "What's your name?" And she's like, "Edith," and they stand up and they sort of run slow-mo towards one another and then she knees him in the balls on accident and then he folds over and then he goes out and he immediately meets the agent or no then he he's he's uh having therapy i think then it bleeds into like his therapy session and he's like i don't know doc like what should i do like i i met this agent and i want to go i want to you know grow my career but i also met this woman and i'm in love with her and then the, the therapist says you should have your Kate and Edith too and then turns and like looks at the camera because the, the I forgot to mention that the agent's name is Kate and this yes. woman that he's interested in his name is Edith so thus the joke have your Kate and Edith too and I was like <laughs> yes that is hilarious and I don't know maybe you two know how popular it was yet to have that like wink to the audience like to look at if that was really popular at that time already if that had really caught on by then whether it had or hadn't I just love that moment because it's such it's so popular now and it's so overdone now on television shows movies like sort of breaking that fourth wall and giving that little nod to the to the audience that I that just that was my favorite. It, scene. It, it's like one of those like laughing moments and stuff. And this yeah. definitely has a lot of roots. Uh, Pat Paulson, who plays his partner, is from like he he was in the Smothers Brothers hour. I love Pat Paulson. Um, Pat Paulson in this movie doesn't have a whole lot to do, but at the time, his name was Pat Paulson. Oh, it was Robert Paulson. Never mind. <laughs> I just thought of Fight Club. <laughs> It'd be amazing like if they were all chanting the for Pat Paulson. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, Fight Club. Nope, wrong nope, name. Nope, but close. So close. Did you know? So not it, close at all. In this one, did you he, know? With, uh, did you know with Fight Club that there is a Starbucks cup in almost every scene? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. There you go. A little bit of trivia, everybody. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Wow. Wow. Um, and part the guy who plays the doctor, um, he was in Laughing a lot. 
he did many appearances, Jack Riley, mm. who was also a new heart and he plays the doctor. So he had been in laughing. So it's probably more of a nod to his history. He was in new heart. Yeah. Who was he in new heart? Well, you are probably thinking of new heart. He was in, yeah. I'm sorry, the Bob new heart, the show, Bob new heart show. Which oh, the, that's what I'm talking about. The previous one. He was in the, the one from the 1970s, not the one where he like owns the bed and breakfast. An, yeah. The bed and breakfast. That's there's a, two Bob Newhart shows. There's, yeah. there's did you ever one? see the? Did you ever yes. see the last episode of Newhart? Did, uh, he's Wait, an honest do question. Do you mean the end of the episode <laughs> or the end of the credits? <laughs> did they hurt any no, animals it, during the making of this episode of Newhart? Because if I see that an animal was hurt, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I need to know so I can enjoy this episode uh, that I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last episode of but, New Heart is what Mark is trying to set up. The one where they yes. were on the bed and breakfast. I don't know what I've seen now and what I haven't. So at the end of the series, he wakes up in bed and he's in bed with his wife from the Bob Newhart show. Suzanne and it was Plichette. all a dream. Yeah. Oh, well, see, I then I haven't seen the Bob Newhart show because I didn't know that that was his wife from that show. Yeah. Well, that's just that <laughs> one episode. That's the final episode where they did that. He was a dentist in the Bob Newhart show, and they own a bed. I believe it, right? It's a bed and breakfast, and they own in uh, yeah, yep, yeah, in, 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 in Newhart. Newhart. Yep. What a what a well kept secret that was for me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could have just. I'm only now. I feel like now this is my last episode, and it's like, look, she didn't even know this other thing existed. Credits. No animals were hurt in the recording of this podcast. It's like your parents were like, don't let Erica know there's two Bob Newhart shows. We can't let her know this. Little heart can't take it. (laughs) It will shatter her worldview. She's hanging on by a thread. She She knows there's two shows. She'll never be able to handle that information. Guys, I kept reading that the budget for this is 4.5 million. However, that is crazy. Uh, Even said that part of it was was funded by Langston. That's not true. In a piece in the Examiner, uh, SF Examiner from 1987, Jackie Kong says the movie cost $200,000, which sounded more Hmm. accurate. Yeah. And more like a movie that New World would pick up in yeah. such a scenario right. because right. they're not going to pick up a four million dollar movie. And then right. there is a there there was a, a, a scenario where Murray Langston did put some money into it, and that's because he wrote the script with William Levy or Bill Levy, as he's credited, and he was then brought the the script to uh, Osco and Jackie Kong um, because. They were looking for a project and they had a bunch of money. As he says in his book, Journey Through the Unknown, he said, uh, Bill Osco was prepared to invest a lot of money into the project and his wife, Jackie, who had read the script, was eager to direct. Since I knew virtually nothing about film production, they sold me on their abilities to make a successful, funny film. And since I was excited about starring in my own movie, I agreed. I told Levy about my deal with Osco, and he didn't think much of it, but said he'd take $20,000 for his half of the script. After some astute negotiations on my part, we settled for $20,000. It was an investment in myself and a risk I felt worth taking, so I wrote him a check. I felt better when Osco informed me that for my $20,000 investment, I'd receive 10% of the film profits. He immediately opened an office showing he meant business, and suddenly Night Patrol was a go. However, he does say later in the same chapter that he, millions were made of this movie, but I never even recouped the $20,000 I paid for the half of the Ooh. script. Wow. <laughs> Oof. Oh, bummer. That's a bummer. So so he did put in some money, but only $20,000 of the $200,000 of the budget, as far as I can tell. Hmm. Wow. Mark, what hmm. was your favorite scene? I thought it was really funny, it, the standoff at the end, how it went from them confronting mm-hmm. the 
fake uh, unknown comic and they quickly turned it into a Spanish Western ending mm-hmm. with a yeah. standoff yeah, like and a, suddenly like Clint Eastwood what, kind of what's his name is is holding a, a, a mariachi guitar and I, yeah I, all of a sudden they have spurs on for no reason mm-hmm. yeah and they're doing yeah. the close ups on the eyes and I thought I I thought that was funny I was like. <laughs> Yeah, good job. Yes, that's funny. That's totally yeah. stupid, but sure. that but that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, that was. I a good also scene. really I liked uh, that the, the stripper from Wildlife was in it. So I, <laughs> she I like is that in it. She is in it. Yeah, she is in I, it. Did I did I out loud say I've got Visa Master Charge? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 not the greatest thing when you see a woman topless and you go. That's the girl from Wildlife. You're like, what? I've seen that movie too many times. Uh, that's not good. She, uh, of course, we're talking about we're talking was about kitten Navidad. Uh, kitten, kitten Navidad. Yeah, who was yep. mentioned in the letterbox synopsis? That's who's in that. Um, by the way, that Pat Morita scene. Yikes! What? He got like top billing too for that one mm. scene. That's, He's in one scene. That's and. Uh, really not good he 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 is he is credited as rape victim and then they dub mm-hmm. over his voice with a squeaky w- woman's maybe voice that's yeah, what i maybe. mean that some of them when asked what i liked i struggled because there are funny bits there's the western scene you know that the standoff at the end turning into the western scene is great that whole bit in the diner is just hilarious and gross. And the the chef looks really yucky and it's a dirty diner. And, and then there's that. And that is what is problematic for me. That's where I'm like, yeah, there's always got to be, I can imagine a lot of voices involved in a movie. You know, you've got like all your stakeholders and your investors and your producers and the studio, like nobody at some point just went, that's not really that funny. I mean, to me, the funnier, had they just dubbed over Pat Morita's voice with some other, you know, sort of like Minnie Mouse or cartoonish sounding voice and had him dressed up in some ridiculous outfit, that in itself is funny enough because no one thinks of, when you close your eyes and think of Pat Morita, you think of Karate Kid every single time, if he you're was, me. He, or Happy Days, which he was doing. Yeah, I would have thought Happy, Happy Days, Days, but yeah. sure. Because that's just who he he was so well known as that sure. those are the characters you knew him as sure so to put yeah. him it's already funny just to have him in a crazy outfit and have a voice not be his voice that was enough i struggled in this movie with finding who the comedic audience was or you know saying oh i made male voices laugh like i guess there are males or you know people out there who might laugh at a rape joke I just don't ever know when that's funny. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I can't think yeah. of a scenario in which that's hilarious. Yeah. So that's you know, yeah. why no, I struggle I, to say I love the bits in this. I love because I don't love all of them. There are yeah. some problematic ones that do not work for me. Sure. And I think um, there, there's a couple of bits where like uh, uh, that were not super funny on a much lesser scale than what you're talking about is Billy Barty as the flatulent police chief. Oh, so dumb. This is according to IMDb trivia, but apparently Barty was not pleased with the farting noises, which uh, I believe were added in editing. So he had no idea that that was, I hope so. I I really hope so. But, and it makes sense because they never reference it. They never, it's just happens, but nobody ever says anything. Nobody like, like if you're going to do that, nobody is like wincing their nose. Mm -hmm. Like, 
it isn't an actual thing that any character actually reacts to. It just keeps happening. Mm -hmm. Just the act of a fart happening was enough. Like there is no reaction. There's no like visceral response. So that feels like what's happening here, Mm -hmm. which is again, kind of obviously on a much smaller scale, but the same thing with the Pat Morita scene. And then I would argue though, but farts are funny. (laughs) Yes. That's what I'm saying. A lesser, on a lesser scale than what you did. Yeah. He clearly didn't find it funny and didn't like it, but I don't know. It's a fart. It's it's like, I feel (laughs) like there's, there's stuff like that though. Is like, where like, I feel like, Whoever did it, the editor, the producer, the director, I don't know. But it felt like they're like, ah, it's just going to have Billy Barty like talking to the cops. Let's just add fart noises. So like they never want to give this movie like a second to breathe. Yeah. So because of that, they just keep injecting it with whatever comes to mind, whether or not it at all fits. But a choice that they definitely made was that at the end of the film, both Murray Langston and Pat Paulson decided to put shoe polish on their faces and walk into an African-American owned establishment. When I first watched this movie a couple years ago, I was like, ah, just shut that off there. I was like, well, I'll wait till we have to watch this for the podcast. I was like, I don't know. And they let that go for the rest of the movie. They're in blackface for the rest of the movie. And granted, when they walk into the club, they are clearly the idiots that are do. They're made to be idiots immediately, which is good. It, it's the fact that they have to stay in that for the rest. Of, it's like the last yeah. half hour yeah. of the movie. They do it at such a point where like, yeah. And I think that's one where you're having Murray. That's probably something Murray Langston wrote in. Whereas like the why... fart stuff or the dubbed voice, those things seem like editorial changes. So it feels like we're, 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 but we're all sort of like throwing stuff and saying, huh, let's see if it works. And, you know, that's why the movie feels like it's fighting itself. Yeah, it doesn't work for obvious reasons. (laughs) But it also doesn't Mm -hmm. work because up to that point, everything that's happened to these two has been by accident. When they're they're in the men's room and he's like, oh, water got on my pants here. Just here. Just let me lift you up to the hand dryer and you can dry your pants. And someone comes in and they're, you know, he's like lifting him by his butt and his face is by his crotch. It's like, whoops. (laughs) By That's accident. an accident. Yeah. Also, that guy's wearing a bathrobe. Who, where, who <laughs> right. goes to a bar wearing but, a bathrobe? You know, they go I to mean, the, I, I don't do it enough. They you go know? to the I mean, diner I do it more. and... That's by accident that the food's yucky and it's the... Sure, everything that happens sure. is accidental except for that. That, was, that yeah. is their choice to put that yeah. on and they choose to that's do it. That's a great point. And that's why it doesn't work. Look, I'm not supporting it as if something happened and that got on them and they didn't realize it. But sure, even sure. that to me, right. and I still don't get me wrong, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's funny. But even that would have made more sense in, sure. in the theme of the night because it would have been, again, like this other accidental moment of comedy that they fall into. But they didn't. They choose to put that on and that's a choice and they put it on yeah. and it stays yeah. on for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I agree with you <laughs> 100%. Another, one thing that they do that shouldn't be funny that I did find funny is – they shoot and kill a kid and yeah, then move, move on. on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, of course, don't. I, it's always kind of tough if a child dies in any movie, but I laughed because they had, because it was so stupid. They're like, I think they make a comment about, yeah, shot bounces off like, his yeah. badge and, and then hits the kid. And then they just kind of shrug. Right. Because again, accidental. Accidental. That's why you're able right. to kind of yeah, laugh accidental. at it because it's like just the, they're not making the wrong choice. It's just wrong and place, then, wrong time. Uh, what was it? A 
hang a hang movie a hang movie a movie hang where kid par- car- yeah. characters hang out the the uh also the, because we had that 9 minutes of setup of all these absurd stupid things he was doing all day the fact that a bullet ricochets off of his of his badge and hits hits anyone is in a way sort of a heightened of all the dumb things he's done all day so it doesn't feel yeah. that absurd what's what it's what gets tr- what it, when it gets trampled though is the fact that in that scene you have this white guy brandishing a machine gun but speaking japanese an overdub japanese for no good reason and so the fact that he kills that kid is something that you only have to use. I caught later. I was like, it was after the scene was over. I was like, what happened? Did that kid really get killed? Cause it's like it, there's so much yes. happening. It's like, what? Huh? Wait, huh? Like it, like you just left. The best joke was back there. It's not obviously, like you said, it's not, you know, I don't find kids dying hilarious, but that's probably the funniest thing in the scene. And right. I don't know, maybe on purpose they were covering that up with with the, the Japanese thing. I don't I don't know. It is one of the first early appearances of Anderdice Clay. For sure. Yeah. And, it, you know, you can tell he hasn't quite got his yep. stick down, yep. but it's on its way. It's mm-hmm. getting there. Right. Um. Hey, when another final question. Wh- when did Linda Blair figure out Melvin was the unknown comic? Hmm. I'm going to say at the cocktail party, out, uh, the outdoor cocktail party. Because that's when she gets his autograph. Do you think that's when she figured, like, she figured out before right. the... I think that's when that's, she... I think that's... No, I think she knew before. I think she'd put it all together at that point. Because he'd gone to Las Vegas, and she knew that he couldn't have tried to do Las Vegas and be a cop and because he had scheduled time off mm-hmm. or something like that. So I th- I, I'm thinking that's when that she... That would be put, pretty sly, because then she together. does tell... That doesn't justify the bam no, bam. Album. I don't know where it's what still, happened there. That's still yeah. a mystery. That also has a great line too, where he, he what does he say to her later? He was like, "Oh God, I didn't know you had such great breasts." <laughs> so some line to her like that, which I thought was very funny too, said very subtly. But um, yeah, uh, I wonder because she says like, "I really like Melvin to the unknown comic," which I thought that's very slick of her to then have said mm-hmm. if she knows that that it's him. Because that's something that I really loved was the tail end of the movie, how they had this sort of call and response cards where they were like, "Guess who is right. the unknown yeah. comic here? Yell it out loud!" Like, I actually thought that was kind of cool. I was right. like, "Well, you don't see that very often." Yeah, you know, I agree. That was cool. Things we loved. <laughs> And things we hated. <laughs> Guys, um, uh, uh, and some, something something I hated was um, <laughs> towards the end, uh, towards the end, or at the end of the movie, before we got to the uh, end of the credits, uh, was the the little peekaboo nude scene that uh, Linda Blair does. Because it just felt like you didn't have to take off your no, shirt for that scene. Come on, mm-hmm. it, it's the last scene of the movie. Uh, you could you you could have done the exact same thing with a negligee on negligee, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it would like an old like timey negligee from the nineteen twenties, like, <laughs> right. Yes. I was also really yes. surprised yeah. to see what with pop like out. one with long sleeves and yeah. a turtleneck. I was really surprised, like when he moves and <laughs> so the blanket, sexy. So the sexy. blanket comes down. I was like, oh, yeah, like, felt oh. like an accident. But at the same time, she was nude. So how much of an accident was it? Also, wouldn't it have been funny if she would have had two bags? 
like over oh oops. yeah yeah like he like he has the poster oh that would have been funny like that edith pulls down oh, and he's yes. like laying there naked yeah, but he has a bag like, over his mm-hmm. over his yeah. dick yep. yeah that's funny yeah i want if i could figure out a way to get you each one of those for christmas <laughs> i would what you don't need to get each of us a window shade with the naked <laughs> unknown comic unknown comic on it <laughs> Be like, be like, this is too bright in here. I'm gonna oh. close this window. No, 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 Don't, don't close that window. We like the, we like the light <laughs> right. through that window. Yeah. <laughs> and then people, passersby, but it can just see felt the, like, like, just the outline of it, and they're like, what the yeah. Heck? And it's like, it's like backwards for them, but they're like, I, that looks like a pretty much a naked guy with a bag over his head and his dick. They are into some weird stuff. Weird stuff. And the kids would never stop talking about it. So there's that. Weird stuff. I mean, I thought it was weird when I saw her picking up dog shit with her teeth, but now, now I've got real bags. questions. What am I gonna do? Just leave it? Kick it with my shoe and get it all over my shoe? Yeah, Gross. yuck. It's so hard to get out of the crevices of your shoe. Guys, uh, Jackie Kong also told the SF Examiner in 1987 that they started shooting the movie over weekends when camera equipment rentals were the cheapest and some of the actors were free. However, Murray Langston in his book says otherwise. He said Night Patrol was set to be filmed in four weeks, two weeks of shooting, two weeks off, and then two more weeks of shooting. So technically six weeks. But um, so that's how he brings that up. So I don't know what is true. There's also word of them shooting this early in the 80s. It clearly doesn't get picked up by New World until 84. The top of 84 is uh, Police Academy in March. So they were running at the same time, though uh, he does say that uh, in his book that they did have some crew members that were talking about the fact that Police Academy was coming out and they were just hoping to uh, beat them to it and hopefully get uh, a, a earlier release date, but they did not. They don't really get released until the end of 84, early 85, essentially, is when this movie gets released. It gets slowly rolled mm-hmm. out. Um, I don't think it gets released in L.A. until early, uh, till January 1985. So it was Kitten Navidad in this movie before Wildlife then? Because that's also 1984. So it's somewhere around the same time. So she, this was like she her was peak time. Uh, a Russ Meyer uh, actress, and she was involved with him for like mm-hmm. off and on for like fifteen years. So she's in a lot of his movies. So okay, got it. The other movie, or the other scene that I really like too, is the one where they all get high. Guys, you keep they, saying Kitty Navidad. Please, it's Kitten. Sorry, Natividad. 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 Yeah. Gosh, sorry, sorry about uh, that. Kid and Christmas, I thought was a cool name, but nope. <laughs> you could write for Night Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> what about that scene where they all get high and they eat yeah. a bunch of food? That was pretty funny. That was funny. That's the Cheech and Chong movie, right? Yeah. Well, I like that. Yeah, that, that's I it. like how long it went on that they ate for. It went on for a really long time, mm-hmm. yeah. and they speed it up so that it's like in fat. You know, it's super fast but it just kept going on and it just cracked me up because <laughs> you expect it to be like a couple seconds but it really yeah it went on and on i'm like yeah. wow they sped that it, up yeah so they, they sped it up pretending so to eat for a while at one point uh melvin picks up like a plant <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
thought that was pretty funny. Just very dumb. <laughs> I, I also liked when the Unknown Comic played in Vegas and he had the showgirls uh, on the stage and he refer- referred to them as mm-hmm. the baguettes. Yeah, which is what he, which, what he did <laughs> like, when he played in okay. Vegas. That's how he really did his show. And yeah, was that funny? Was it that show also the Vegas show where the woman came up from the crowd and she was like, "He, the unknown comic, was the father to my baby," and he's like, "That's not true." And she pulls the, ba- the blanket off the baby, right. and the baby, <laughs> the baby has, has a little it. bag on its head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. how did New World pick this movie up? This is what Kong says about her meeting with New World about. Night Patrol, she said, when New World Pictures wanted to buy it in a negative pickup deal, uh, this is the examiner saying this, she brazenly walked into an office stuffed with businessmen who seemed to hover like vultures. Says Kong, here were all these lawyers and attorneys ready to pounce on my lawyers, only I was alone. And that really threw them. A few hours later, I walked out with what I wanted. A lawyer would only have fouled fouled it up. I know what I want, and I go after it. Hmm. I mean, I think lawyers would disagree. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong. By the way, this also seemed to not play so well in theaters. Uh, in in some in some places, there is a a news piece, a newspaper piece that I found from the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, that said that is reporting about the situation in Los Angeles that um, it's setting a record for walkouts. The flick oh. has had more than a hundred walkouts at the Lorena Theater in Sherman Oaks, California, since it opened a week ago. Hmm. A lot of the patrons demanded refunds. Ugh. What's the reaction? Sherman from- Oaks is hoity. Yeah, <laughs> Sherman Oaks. What's the reaction from New World? Everybody is, t- is entitled to his opinion, said a st- spokesperson for the company. <laughs> They're like, whatever. And I think the reason why they do that is because despite of that, the movie was actually a big success. It was made for very little money. Really? Uh, according to the the research that i found on the afi the um, with wide release earnings after 41 days they made about 8 million dollars hmm. huh a little over 8 no million dollars that success continued when it was released by new world video in may of 1985 according to again the sf examiner it made 15 million dollars in rentals wow so wow they wow. made some i mean obviously this is Good also 1980s money, um, but even 1980s money, this isn't like a super blockbuster, but considering what New World likely put into it, whatever it is that Jackie Kong wanted to take away from that meeting where she didn't bring a lawyer, um, so she got whatever you know she got from that, New World did all right. They did just fine with this movie, which obviously was a huge rental because probably people were like, well, I really like Police Academy. So it goes to mm-hmm. like companies mm-hmm. like not that this was obviously a plan from New World because they bought this. Somebody else made it and they just picked it up and put it out. But this just reminds me that just reminds me of like there's literal companies that do that, like Asylum and all those companies that are like, what's popular? Let's right. make a low budget shitty version. And they used to do that all the time when there were video stores where companies would make stuff. Well, Corman, of course, made a career out of it himself in the Concord days, where they would just make some low-budget version of something popular. (laughs) Frankly, he did it during the New World Pictures days. I mean, with Conan being, and Sorceress being being one of those examples, Mm. where he saw a trend coming. He's like, let's get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, companies did that, and New World's doing it still in, you know, the second iteration, so... 
have a final question for you guys. Oh, good. Have you guys ever walked out of a movie? Yes. What movie did we walk out of? I don't. You weren't there. I walked out of Problem Child Two. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't bring that up when we we spoke to Scott Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to, but uh, I, I now granted I saw it at the Claremont Theater, so it was like yeah, a two dollar theater. theater, and I just even at even though I didn't make any money at the time. I figured that investment was low enough that I can forfeit a dollar of it because I walked out about halfway. It was like, I don't need to sit through this. I can. I have. I don't remember do. walking out of one. I will say that I have a Thursday night movie group where we watch movies like over Zoom. And we put on one night and we watch trashy movies. We watch, you know, no one's trying to put on a, you know, a good movie. But we put on Toxic Avenger 4 and like literally five minutes in, oh. somebody was like, Guys, should we put on something else? And we all were like, yeah. Yeah, let's wow. let's do that. <laughs> okay, so the follow-up question is what did you put in? We watched uh um this weird uh this this Asian martial arts movie called Red Spells Spells Red, which was not actually all that bad of a movie, but it was a last minute choice to try mm. to like replace a movie. But and I think it was something to do with the fact that we just, I don't think we were probably in the right headspace for Toxic Adventure for for all the people that love that movie. We were just like, I don't know. But this, that was a movie that, like this one, throws so much insulting humor at you and hurls it at you in the opening minutes that you were like, I don't know if I have it in me to get through all of this. And we all collectively, yeah, we're all sitting in our own homes, you know, having drinks or whatever. And getting ready for a bad movie, and we were still like, "Nah, not this one, <laughs> not not this one." So that's probably yep. the closest I got to a walkout that I can can remember. Because I, if I go into the movie theater, like I, I normally will, I'll probably sit through it. I can't. I locked in. I I can't think. Of, I mean, there may have been a situation where I did that, but I can't. I cannot think of one. Did you walk out of? What did you walk out of? Yeah, I walked out of the Flintstones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That was, was like, not good. Enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah, I took off. <laughs> there are movies that I'll watch that are bad, and I will watch. I'll finish them in in bits. I'll like watch ten more minutes, and then be like, ugh, and then get back to it and watch ten more minutes. I will try to finish every movie all the way to the end credits right. since we've learned. So of part of me is still going. I gotta try that Toxic Avenger four again. Oh, he'll finish it <laughs> till He's it goes till until I find it. out whether or not any animals were hurt. So Ryan, I I have I have a question for you. Now that you've watched this movie twice, I'm assuming you watched it twice. I did. Okay. Where do you think this ranks against the other La Casa movies? (laughs) 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 Still higher than... than, Oh, he didn't ask me. I can't answer. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Still higher than House 3? No, no, no. Still higher than House 3? No, no, no. You really turned your back on House 3, Ryan. <laughs> Smash that subscribe, like, and subscribe button if you think Ryan made the wrong choice in his rankings. <laughs> this is the only time we'll encourage you to give a thumbs down. <laughs> like and subscribe if you disagree with Ryan. Um, yeah, it's still probably it's probably seventh if there would be an additional if this adds to the Lacasa series still probably slightly okay. better if you had to watch tonight after we record this episode if you had to watch this or beyond darkness <sighs> i'd probably watch this 
I hate to say it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's seventh because I think it's better than that one. Yeah, agree. Because it's also that one is just like we all said. It's so boring. Yeah, it's just so boring. And it mm-hmm. and this one, look, it it can be it can be very offensive at times. It, it can actually be funny at times. It it, it moves. Mm-hmm. It definitely moves. Yeah. I I get like I was mm-hmm. saying. I think they could have given this some moments to breathe. They didn't want to, mm-hmm. but it does move. So at least, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't. I, after this, I couldn't sit through Beyond Darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, this does get a sequel of sorts. What? Night Patrol. Oh, really? Uh, the final movie I was talking about, Jackie Kong's final film, The Underachievers, was originally planned as a Night Patrol 2. Huh. It is a comedy about cops. They're going oh. undercover. It has none of the original cast members and none of the original cast names. So it's like a whole new, but it was originally going to be Night Patrol 2. That's what they were starting it out huh. as. Oh, wow. I was going to ask because it did make money. And that that is just by the fact that it made as much money as it did. I'm, I was surprised that New World didn't jump on that and say, let's make well, a Well, that's sequel. the thing. They pick it up. So they're doing a negative pickup deal. So they're just picking this movie up from what they finished. So they made it. New World's picking it up and releasing it. I don't know if they have the rights to even do a sequel. That would have to probably go back to uh, Bill Osco and Jackie Kong, who, whoever. So, okay, that makes sense. Because the, the, the movie title says Bill Osco Presents. So I would think that that's all on him, whether or not to make a sequel. She did make The Underachievers with Vestron, but was going to be a Night Patrol too. So nearly new world, guys. Mm. Um, <laughs> final final question, though, God, for you all. Does anybody see the shore? Is so far away. <laughs> Using my binocs, but damn, I feel like am yeah. I looking at him like in reverse? Yeah, yep, yeah. Land is just farther. I haven't seen a seagull in days. <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, when you see a psychiatrist with a paper bag on your head, what kind of therapy are you hoping to achieve? All of it. <laughs> I mean, all the therapy. Doesn't it go against like the whole point of therapy? Again, you are so deep in <laughs> that you can't take a bag off your face. The the place you should be is at yeah. a therapist, well, right? I don't know. Hear me out. Again, living a double life, trying to follow your dreams while you have a full-time job. It's also sometimes you have to, you know, take time off just to you have to use your PTO just to tend to your personal matters, to your your appointments and your self-care. So I think you got to leave the bag on because if you reveal your true identity, you could get in trouble at work. Mm. I think he's just mm. protecting himself. Yeah, I don't know what point. kind of you know, PTO policy. Don't you policy. have doctor-patient confidentiality, though? I don't know what kind of PTO policy the police department has. Perhaps it's not very generous. Do you think it's like a police-issued psychiatrist that he's seen, so that's why he's keeping the... Then wouldn't they yeah. already... But don't police have, speci- yeah. have specific... But then wouldn't they then know who he is, so he wouldn't, wouldn't necessitate the bag over his head? Do you... Want our answers to this or your answer to this? Would you like to answer it, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? Damn. <laughs> Irreverence. That's what brought you this episode. Irreverence. We hope you enjoy this episode about Night Patrol. If you enjoy this episode, well, we've got plenty of stuff lined up for you in November, so stick around for that. You can go to our website to find out all of our information and all of our socials, our episodes articles the t-shirts i talked about buy a t-shirt we've got some great t-shirts there's some original designs 
Check them out at newworldpicturespodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.